0: brought to you by Johnston Group, Vittorio Rossi, TransCanada Brewing, Lou Ferlin, Cambrian Credit Union, and Homefield.
1: Hello everybody, I'm Sean Reynolds from Sportsnet, about to be joined by Ken Weave from Sportsnet. Together we are Kenny and Rennie, and this is the Kenny and Rennie post-game show after a game I think I would describe as cathartic. For anyone who is in this building, I assume it's the same for anyone sitting at home and watching that game or sitting in a bar or watching in general or taking a look at it on your phone. This is the first time I can remember in a long time that this building felt like this, the energy that we had, the the joy level being so high, the go Jets go chance that didn't seem to come out of desperation, like let's go. But the kind of we're handing it to someone, let's take that. I'll, I'll say this. I've talked about this in the past. The Winnipeg Jets as a team love scoring goals. And you Jets fans, you go right along with that. I know every team loves that. I know every team loves their team to score goals. I think Jets fans love Their team scoring goals more than maybe any other fan out there because a game like this tonight, the joy level was just so high in this building it was something to behold i came down to see my buddy dwighty who is in the building ran into a bunch of people uh got stopped like 17 times on the concourse people were feeling it people were loving it tonight and rightfully so that's a game that the winnipeg jets have been waiting for for a long time let's get into some of the things here i mean the jets needed offense i thought this was you know just so interesting the jets And they come out and they find it all of a sudden right off the bat and they kept it going throughout the game. But it's not just how many goals they score in getting six goals, uh, which, by the way, it's funny. Bob Irvin, if anyone saw his text earlier on in the game, said this is what the Jets needed to do. They needed to, you know, jump out and score six goals in a game like this to kind of rediscover their confidence and move forward. That's exactly what it was. Six goals. And the more important part of it is who scored. It's Kyle Connor gets a goal. It's Mark Shifley who gets a goal. It's Blake Wheeler who busts a slump and gets a goal. Ehlers gets a goal. Dylan DeMello. So they get offense from the point, which is important. Uh, And then you get Nino Niederreiter scoring a goal. We get goals from the first line, second line, third line on a night like tonight If you want the Jets to be a team that is competitive in the playoffs, you need to be able to get scoring up and down the lineup. Now, we've seen from the third line over the past little while, they've been one of the more reliable lines. Adding Nino Niederreiter to that line doesn't change anything. He's a guy who can probably play on every single line, so you got to like what you found there. The second line of Nemesnikov, Ehlers, and Wheeler, I thought that was the best Uh, that Blake Wheeler had looked for a really long time. Nick Ehlers looked like he was entirely up to speed. We will talk about that and the idea that that's a line that probably shouldn't have been broken up in the first place. Hey, we had that conversation on Kenny and Rennie back when I was down in Florida that that line shouldn't have been split up. We'll have some interesting comments for the coach or from the coach for you to ruminate on and dwell on uh, when it comes to that. And maybe the most important thing, Mark Shifley getting moved to the wing Gets a goal. Kyle Connor gets a goal. That line worked on this night. Uh, that's kind of what you're looking for. Three scoring lines. Uh, it's what I had been calling for. It is what I had thought that they should be uh, having their lines configured to to create. They got that creation here tonight. Uh, This is basically almost anything that you could have ticked off the box that you wanted to see from the Winnipeg Jets on this night you saw. So this is what I've been talking about for a long time in the search for the playoffs, in the hunt for the playoffs. And we'll get into that as this hour goes on uh, because the Calgary Flames right now, I believe, remain down Oh, it's four to three now. They've each added goals. Calgary is—they're uh, in the second intermission. Calgary is going to be going in, starting with a power play. So the goals are starting to come fast and furious, but Calgary hasn't been able to catch up as of yet. So we'll talk about playoff implications as things go on. But if you're the Jets and you are trying to build towards something, that being the playoffs, you got to get some guys going. They got that going there tonight. Before, before. I bring in the guy, uh, my main man, Kenny, who's back in town after a California slide uh, where I don't know yet. Ladies and gentlemen, he just may have an ear piercing when he comes in. I'm not sure if I saw it uh, may have been sparkling. I don't know. Uh, he's living that free and easy California lifestyle. I'm going to take things. And make them not so free and easy before everyone starts. And there was a number of people who were sending me messages and saying, the Jets are back. Here we go. I knew they'd wake up and hear everything's fine in Jets world. Plan the parade uh, before you go to the party store and uh, order, you know, 12 dozen balloons uh, and uh, streamers and confetti and all this kind of stuff. Let's be clear here. This is a Detroit Red Wings team that has lost 13 of their last 18 games. I think it's 14 of their last 19, if you include this here tonight. Uh, This is a team that played last night and then traveled. Uh, If you were looking for a team that looked tired to me, what I saw, that's exactly what I saw, a team that was constantly getting beat to the net, a team that couldn't really defend in its zone, that was getting easily ground. And before we get too far with anything here, And to keep in mind, this is an out-of-the-playoff, playoffs, 4 spots out of last place in the East team that is out of the playoffs, that played on the night before. That was starting their backup goaltender, their third-string goaltender. Having a goaltender in net that did them no favors tonight, who is 31 years old and has played a total of 21 NHL games, should tell you everything you need to know about the caliber of goaltending that the Red Wings had here tonight. I'm not saying that the Jets didn't take a step forward tonight. I'm saying this is a good step forward against an opponent that was set up to not do well against the Jets here tonight. What I need to see before I share any level of enthusiasm about where the Jets game is Based on where it has been and where it could be heading on tonight, I need to I need to see what this team looks like against the New Jer- New Jersey Devils and a real challenge because tonight's game to me, from what I saw, a lot of unforced errors, a lot of pucks not on the stick, a lot of bad decisions by the Detroit Red Wings. Some of it was forced by the Jets let's be honest with ourselves, that team did not look like a world beater that the Jets were playing tonight. That's my take on it. Let's get the take of the guy with the best music in the business. Time to bring him in. Here comes Kenny. Ken, before we get you going with what you saw here tonight, Renee Laverne says, "Rennie, stop being the fun police." <laughs> I would, if it wasn't so much fun to be the fun police. Uh, Rennie loves to play the victim, not the victim. Rennie loves to play the heel every now and again, and uh, it's it's not even playing the heel. Let's be honest with ourselves. Look what the uh, look what the Detroit Red Wings brought to the table
0: here tonight. It wasn't a lot.
1: That's my take, Ken. What did you see out there?
0: Well, I saw a team that needed to show urgency, display some. And you're right. The Jets had a considerable schedule advantage today. And they will have that same considerable scheduling advantage on Sunday. And they will have it again on Wednesday. Yes. So the Devils are playing Saturday night in Chicago against the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks are then playing in Calgary on Tuesday night. So both teams the Jets will be playing in their next two and that will make it three days and three games in a row the Jets will be playing an opponent on back-to-backs I would also say the Jets were the team taken advantage of by teams like the Vegas school the Knights earlier this season when they were on back-to-back so ultimately I think this was a step forward for the Jets how big a step we will not know that until I would say Sunday at the earliest and probably Saturday, next Saturday at the latest, uh, the Jets play three games in the next week, and this four game block is going to go a long way to determining whether or not the Jets will be playing beyond April 13th. I think it is. Tonight, they did one of the most important things that they did, Sean, was find the back of the net with regularity. They have not done that at all. They had nine goals in their previous seven games and were shut out on three separate occasions. Yes, Mr. Hellberg had a rough evening. There's no doubt about that. He did not look his best. But the Jets have... Well,
1: that, is, that may have been his best. That may have yeah, been no, his you know, Yeah, no, Sean,
0: I mean, he has had some good games this year with both Ottawa and Seattle when both of those teams were struggling to get goaltending. Not not good enough to keep him in Ottawa or Seattle. No, that that's fair, but he had a couple good I and I wouldn't hang this on Helberg either. The Jets were they definitely skated the wings into the ground, which Oh, yeah. Let's, not, oh l- yeah. let's not forget, Sean, when the Jets were still playing well and just maybe at the beginning of their precipitous decline, this team scored seven against the Jets. So like like let that sink in for a minute or two. I agree with you. Yes, so they've fallen on hard times and they're a team that's at least a year away.
1: But, but this team this team I mean, put
0: seven up on the Jets, Sean.
1: Right. But this isn't that six same on team. Hellebuck. This is like I said, fourteen of nineteen losses. This isn't this is like let's let's just be honest with ourselves. This isn't a good team right now. Oh, the I didn't Detroit say they're a good Wings, team. The Detroit Red Wings had a push at a point, and that's when the Jets ran into them. This is a team that's lost belief. Yes, last night they knocked off the Carolina Hurricanes. That can happen, but like I said, it is only one of a short number of wins that they've had in a quarter of a season, and they spent everything they had in that, or it sure looked like it tonight. Um, I I, 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 don't, I, th- I think you're entirely right. The Jets did what they could against the opponent that they had, and they torqued it, and they opened it wide, and that's a good thing. I'm not trying to take away from that, but this is, I, I mean, I had a lot of people. Pat Rathwell was one of the people who jumped in and was sending me this kind of like really overly optimistic. Eric Hurleyston was another guy who was getting messages from. Let's just pump the brakes for a second and see what they do on Sunday. And again, like you would said, they get a team on a back-to-back, just like they get Calgary on the back-to-back. If they can jump on teams like this, this is a good thing. If they play that model, it's a good way to do it. But no one should for a second be thinking that the Jets took a overly, extremely capable team and destroyed them tonight. They took baby a team that's out of the playoff. Exactly, baby step. There baby
0: step for a team that absolutely needed one because coming off that road trip where they dropped two of three, Um, let's be honest, we weren't sure how many baby steps there were going to be for the Winnipeg Jets during the last seven games. And ultimately, they came up with one of their better efforts. And Sean, we've talked about this now four months. This was the closest thing the Jets have had to a template game since they beat up on a Pittsburgh Penguins team that was A, playing its third string goalie, and B, was missing their entire right side. So, did they take advantage of an opponent? Yes, but they absolutely needed to take advantage of that opponent, based on how they were playing. And I don't know about you, but I, I didn't feel the way that Rick Bonus did. I don't think that the Jets uh, dominated the San Jose Sharks. We talked about this on Tuesday. No, I don't. I think there I was either. a lot of massaging and and, uh, and repairing of confidence. Uh, rather than how they, than the truth serum that we've been seeing with a lot of regularity of late here as well. Uh, the Jets, as you mentioned, Sean, not only did they explode for six, they had pretty widespread distribution of wealth when it came to generating that offense. And on a day where Rick Bonus, somewhat confusingly started the day off by saying, if Mark Shifley is not comfortable, he should tug on my pant leg and I will move him yeah. somewhere else. I that didn't like that weird. at all, Sean. I didn't that like that weird. at all. And I did. I, a. I did like the way that Shifley responded on the ice. And here's here's the other part. Shifley spent plenty of th- spent plenty of time at center in this game. So it it's not positionless hockey, but these guys know they need to read off each other. When you are a team, when you're a player like Shifley. And Dubois, you can play either center or wing. Yes, Mark admitted it was a little bit challenging because he's played center all his life. Sure. But you know what your responsibilities are. You can be a dangerous player. And in this game, Mark was a dangerous player at a time when a lot of people were questioning, A, his commitment, B, whether he was listening to his head coach He delivered. So, we talked about the importance of him speaking after the Tuesday game, at a time where he went more than two weeks without talking after being benched. And now he backed up those words with actions. So, that's important for the Winnipeg Jets because they won't get to where they want to be without Mark having an impact on the outcome. Today, Mark had an impact on the outcome. So did Kyle Connor. So did Pierre Luc Dubois. Sean, I thought that that line was excellent for the most part. I thought they set the tone for the Winnipeg Jets on this night. Don't you agree? I I thought the way they came out the first couple of shifts, that line was skating incredibly well, generating ozone time and quality looks. Kyle Connor had been struggling to generate, gets a tip-in goal, and then he was flying. He was really moving his feet uh, I thought that Dubois was back to being the Dubois we're used to seeing, Sean, drawing penalties, getting involved in the game. And I know you noticed this. The penalty that he drew on Austin Zarnik is vintage Dubois. He yeah. basically chicken-winged his arm so that his stick was underneath him, and then he basically went to the ice when he was hooked very limitedly. So that was, that was cerebral assassin Pierre-Luc Dubois, Getting involved in the game, Nikolai Ehlers flying in this game. Sean, we talked about the importance of Ehlers getting more ice time. Well, even in a night where the Jets were able to play their fourth line with a lot of regularity, Nikolai Ehlers fifteen fifty seven. So that was important in this hockey game. Blake Wheeler, we've been talking about him battling Father Time today. He got in the hot tub time machine. And got his legs really going. Got to the net. Great pass by Ehlers. Great, but that net drive is key to the goal. Yes, nice pass by Ehlers. Wheeler beats his man to the post and then bangs it in. Yeah, sure, tap in. But you got to get to that position and the inside position to score the goal. So that was important. Nino Niederreiter, Sean. We've talked about Nino Niederreiter a lot. He fits that. He fits any line like a glove. I love that he was playing on that line because he can bring a little extra finish to the line, Sean. Appleton and Lowry have been playing well. Appleton and Lowry both involved in the game. Two assists for Appleton, one assist for Lowry, a goal and an assist for Nino Niederreiter. And how about the way Nino Niederreiter sticks with the goal the play that led to his goal? Most other people don't stop at the red line. Appleton makes a really nice backdoor pass. The pass is slightly off. Nino Niederreiter can't finish it. But instead of ending up in the corner or behind the net, he puts the brakes on, grabs the puck, and when there's no defenseman there, he stuffs it home. Right. These are simple plays that aren't always made when people button hook into the corner and don't stop and start. So that's important. On the defense, the Jets missed Josh Morrissey, obviously. He's a 25 to 26-minute-a-game player. But look at what happens. Dylan Sandberg, who has been a healthy scratch, plays on the top pairing. What did he play? Let's see, Sean. 18-48 for Dylan Sandberg. And I understand people don't love plus-minus, and there are good reasons for that at times. On the ice for three goals four, and none against. Brendan Dillon on for three goals four, and none against. Players like that needed to step up in this game. Neil Pionk has been a guy who has struggled at times this year. Great hustle on the back check on one of the plays. And Neil Pionk played one of his best games of the year. And it wasn't only Rick Bonus that thought that was the case. So, and Dylan DeMello. We can't go any further without mentioning DeMello. DeMello, another impressive game. 1934, two block shots, two shots on goal four-shot attempts, and a really nice job stabilizing the top pairing without his Norris Trophy candidate partner, Josh Morrissey, who missed the game due to illness, and he should be back by Sunday night's game against the Devils. So, And then throw in Hellebuck. Hellebuck was excellent when he needed to be <laughs> early, and 59th start of the year. Like This is a guy who was ticked off about the fact he gave up six against the Red Wings in Detroit in his home state and you know he nearly had a shutout in this game so i thought hellebuck's performance was important also it it doesn't seem as critical when a team puts up six of course and of course he didn't like either goal the one behind him was bad luck the jets should have played that a little bit better in their own end probably but i thought it was a pretty well-rounded effort does it mean anything if the jets don't play well during the week. Of course it doesn't. It's the same as what we mentioned the other day, but it was an important step forward, even though it was only a baby step. This team looked like it had the potential to fall right off a cliff. So a baby step is important. And I thought what you mentioned was was also important, Sean, the mood going into the game. I was on with Hustler in the afternoon. I want to pick sports talk. The mood within the fan base was quite angsty, if you will. The intensity and temperature was quite high. Today, the temperature is a little bit lower because the Jets were able to perform at a level they haven't performed at for quite some time, and they were able to get a result. So... Ladies and gentlemen, if you ever wondered <laughs>
1: why Foodie Goody went out of business in Winnipeg, it's because Ken Weeb got a hold of it. That was, I mean, there's nothing left to talk about. That's it for K&R tonight. All right, we'll, see, it, you we'll see, you <laughs> see you on Sunday. See you later. See you on Sunday. Boy, oh boy, I, I'm surprised you didn't handle the trainers games tonight on there. Uh, listen, I've I got will. A I'll get to I that in a talk minute. About. I want to start with Shifley's comments uh, after the game because uh, I've got a take on that. But before we do, I just wanted to point out oh, that sorry. we're both looking extremely dapper tonight. It feels good to get out of my basement. I even shaved for this game here tonight. But did you I shower, though? Did you shower? I, I, listen, the shower <laughs> thing, that was just a joke, okay? <laughs> Rennie has very good personal hygiene, all right? Let's not go down that road. I uh, just knew I was putting on one of the suits from Frankie and the boys, and I thought I had to uh, follow suit, so to speak. Uh, and, Ken, you are looking like a million bucks here tonight. Chris, the Jets fan, has a pegged right. Sharp-dressed men here tonight, and there's a reason for that. And that reason is that we go and see the boys, uh, Frankie and the boys, down at Vittorio Rossi. You should, too. Head on down to Corden Avenue. Go tell them Kenny and Rennie sent you. Ask for Frankie and the boys. If you have any suit needs, got weddings coming up, or you just want to get out and look dapper, uh, Vittorio Rossi is the place to go. Uh, tell them Kenny and Rennie sent you, everyone. Uh, let's get to the lamplighter before I get to my comments, because uh, you pushed it. You pushed it as far <laughs> Sorry as about that. Ken, yes. and we got to get going here. So what's your lamplighter on the night here, Ken?
0: Yeah, uh, that's a toughie. Uh, you know what, just because of the reaction from Nikolai Ehlers how blown away Ehlers was by the snipe by Dylan DeMello I'm going to go with the Dylan DeMello goal I also kind of owe him one after he scored his first goal in a long long time so although there were other important goals for the reasons you mentioned the top guns needing to deliver on a night that they did deliver uh, I'm going to go with the guy whose partner was missing I thought that DeMello had a great performance and even though it was kind of a tack on goal at you know 4 0. Uh, his ability to get involved after the, you know, Lowry finds Appleton, Appleton finds DeMello, DeMello finds Top Cheese for his fifth goal of the year, which was a career high. Uh, I'm going with Dylan DeMello in this one, even though there were many candidates. And, you know, some might have been prettier in the eyes of some, but I think that's my lamplighter uh, brought to you by the good folks at TransCanada Brewing Company.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you. I thought my lamplighter on the night was. To, uh, can I do a tie? I probably shouldn't do a tie, but what I oh, you can, is, yep. I I I liked Kyle Connor's goal. Same. And I liked Mark. I liked Mark Scheifele's goal. Why? Because where it was got going away from. from exactly. It got away from this idea of just constantly. Okay, so this is interesting. Mark Scheifele has that conversation where it seems like there's a clash of ideology between he and Rick Bonus. And Mark Scheifele likes to hold on to the puck and hold on to the puck. And I thought those two goals tonight were a good example of. Yes, hold on to the puck, get it to a spot, cycle it out, but get the puck to the front of the net. So the first shot goes and it's redirected by Kyle Connor, ends up in the back of the net, and then Mark Shifley, you know, I I thought it was funny and I thought that Rick Bonus missed an opportunity to kind of really nail this home. He talked about Mark Shifley's goal as being a lucky goal, right? Well, this isn't a this is a right place at the right time kind of thing. But the right place is the front of the net. Like this is a simple play that the puck gets to the point and it just gets thrown to get in front where there's chaos. Who's creating the chaos? Pierre Luc Dubois. So we've got Kyle Connor who gets the puck up to the point. The point shot is just—it's not meant to wire it past the goaltender and free, you know, bury it in the top corner or off the bar and in. Uh, It's—it's a shot that's just trying to get the puck into a proper spot. I don't know, Ken. Have I been frozen? That was me. Sorry. No, Sorry. that was me. You're fine. Um, no, you're fine. Uh, this is just meant to get the puck to the front of the net. And because there's chaos being created by Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's fighting with his guy, the goaltender commits to Pierre-Luc Dubois, who yep. looks to be the danger. Once the puck gets past him, and it wasn't intentional, Pierre-Luc Dubois was trying to play that puck. It hopped over his stick, but it gets to Mark Scheifele, and now he's got a shot. It's in the back of the net. This, These are the kind of goals that you score by getting the puck to the net and creating chaos. It doesn't need to be pretty. It doesn't need to be great. If Mark Shifley can take away from this situation the idea that getting to the front of the net is a good thing and getting, you know, pucks to the front of the net, not, Perfect scoring chances, not seam passes from one side of the ice to the other where you get a slap shot and it's in the back of the net, but just simply working the puck up to the top, getting it down into chaos and capitalizing on that chaos. If the if the Jets can learn that lesson, it's going to serve them very well down the stretch here, and it's going to put them in a very good position to make the playoffs because they have the advantage right now in points this is what the Jets need to learn. I'm surprised there wasn't more of a hammering home of that from Rick Bonus. He kind of seemed to say that it was a one-off and it's like, oh, well, he got lucky, right place at the right time. That's just it, though. He's in the right place and the right time is whenever you can throw the puck to the front of the net and create chaos. That's why that's my lamplighter on this night. I'd love to hear your lamplighter as well. On a night where there's six, there's going to be a lot of discrepancy as it should be. There's debate. already been a lot. A lot of people have thrown it in there, but if you haven't Send us your lamplighter. Tell us what your goal of the game is. If you do, you're automatically entered to win a frosty delicious 8-pack of lamplighter amber ale from our friends at Transcander Brewing Company. If you can't wait for Kenny and Rennie to gift you your 8-pack, head on down to Transcander Brewing Company. You can join them in their taproom at 11290 Keniston, where we will have the end-of-the-season Kenny and Rennie event, which I can tell you will be the biggest Kenny and Rennie event Of the season so far i know a lot of you have been to our live events this is going to be bigger than that it is going to be in the entire restaurant down low space for 250 people and ken i'm proud to say that after announcing it we don't even have a date yet when we have that date we will get it to you as soon as possible we won't have that date until the jet season is over whether it be in two weeks or whether it be um at the end of a playoff run one round two round whatever it will be shortly probably two weeks out from there but i announced the end of season party at the end or during our last show ken mm-hmm. in doing so i threw out the offer that if people want to reserve spots they don't have to put any money up front but if they want to reserve spots they can do so and i'm telling you after that one show capacity of the room is approaching 50 percent filled Amazing. after one show so If you want to get on that list, you know what to do. Direct message Rennie at SN Sean Reynolds, uh, or you can direct message Ken if you want to as well. If you know another way to reach out to us, please do so. Get on that list and I will set it aside. Uh, If the eventual date doesn't work out for you, no harm, no foul, we'll move along. But if you want to reserve your spot in the room, now's the time to do it people hop on and do that because we want this to be a massive event like we said we are going to have a whole bunch of people across winnipeg sports media there from the sun from the free press from tsn from sportsnet from cjob we've talked to everybody almost everybody is coming so if you want to get there and have a night of chatting sports chatting with people from the chat room chatting with kenny and Rennieites, chatting with illegal curvers chatting with winnipeg sports talkers and everyone all across the spectrum this is going to be the great time to do it and it's going to be 20 dollars, and that gets you two drinks and all the pizza you can eat it is going to be a barn burner of a party and we want to see you there so everybody get a hold of me Uh, because we we want you in that room. And this is now the perfect time after all that to announce the winner of the Lamplighter from last game because, hey, if you come down to that event, Lamplighter is one of the amazing beers that you get to try there, never mind the fact that it's all-you-can-eat pizza. And you get to try all their spectrum of great pizzas as well. But Dryland Fisherman is the winner of the Lamplighter from the last game so you don't know what to do dryland fishermen. you are on the clock direct message me at S N sean reynolds send me your full name and send me an email where i can send you your voucher for your frosty delicious eight pack of lamplighter amber ale get that done you will not regret it ken let's move on to the gotcha covered play of the game i think this one was a little obvious someone even threw it out on twitter and i responded to them johnson group Gotcha covered play of the game ken
0: Yeah, you know what? I loved the Pionk back check, Sean, but I actually preferred the Kyle Connor stick lift on Matt Ruff just because what we were talking about in the stretch was engagement. Kyle Connor hadn't been getting much offensive engagement, but we've talked too much about him flying the zone and not being as responsible defensively as his head coach would probably like. So to me, it was still early enough in the game where it was important for him to get the stick lift. The the shutout was still intact. Yes, the Jets had gone to a comfortable lead. But I, I actually think that the I think that stick lift happened to shift or two before Pionk's outstanding hustle to prevent essentially a breakaway from happening. I think that was also on Rough, uh, quite frankly, who was very involved in the game. But I actually think that because of what we've been talking about about Kyle Connor, Yes, he got involved offensively, which is what we expect him to do. This guy is a prolific goal scorer, but he's not always known for his defensive acumen, and today he showed some, and I thought that's why I'm giving that my we've got you covered play the game, even though there is definitely an honorable mention for Neil Pionk, who was excellent in the hockey game.
1: I thought it was peonk, if anything, just because of the response that the crowd got. Like the, sure. the interesting part about that, and this is what I loved about the crowd here tonight, never mind that they got going so much, but the goals got people going. But that play in itself, I could not believe the pop that that got from the crowd, as it should, right? Like what you're looking for from the Winnipeg Jets is not just the idea that they can pour pucks in the other side of the net. Or the other teams But the idea that even though that they were up As much as they were in that game They weren't taking any chances This was a game where they meant to head out And bury their opponent And you bury them by making sure you don't give them a sniff Yes, they got two goals at the end of the game there But for a good chunk of that game The Jets were blanketing the Detroit Red Wings and giving them absolutely nothing and when they did get something they were out hustling them and outworking them and taking that advantage away from them great job on that I would have given Neil Peon the got you covered play of the game but regardless that's the beauty of the Kenny and Rennie OG's the Johnson Group's uh, <laughs> award that we hand out the got you covered play of the game and I want to give a shout out to the OG's and say you won't find two businesses with the same challenges but you will find 30,000 businesses with Chambers Plan employee benefits proudly administered by our friends at Johnson Group. Chamber's plan is Canada's number one plan for employee benefits because it evolves with the way you work and live. The plan is run as a not-for-profit designed specifically to support small businesses and its unique pooling strategy keeps rates stable so you won't have any surprises at your next renewal. Chamber's plan now comes with professional consulting on key financial, legal, and HR issues and teledoc telemedicine services are included with every health option. See how Chamber's plan could benefit your business by visiting chamberplan.ca. Okay, after that and after Kenny's epic trip to the buffet, I wanted to get back to one of the comments that you made and we're talking about Shifley talking after the game. Um, you had asked him quite a bit about the idea of playing on the wings, whether that made the game simpler for him, whether you know, I took away from Shifley's comment that he really didn't want to say anything nice about playing on the wing, right? And, I, you know, th- hey, this isn't the say something nice about Billy Hainel, a segment of the <laughs> show. Mark Shifley doesn't need to do that, but what I thought from Mark Shifley was on a night where he could have taken a look and said, whatever it took to get my line going, whatever works that gets the domesticov Wheeler, and Ehlers line going, whatever works that the third line got going and contributed the way that they did on this night. I thought it was an opportunity for Mark Shifley to say, listen, if the catalyst for us responding the way we did from the first, second, and third line tonight was me moving to the wing, sign me up, and I will stay there as long as it keeps working. That is not what we heard from Mark Shifley tonight. What we heard, what I heard from Mark Shifley was a player who is reserving the right to plug his nose and hold up his head against the idea of staying in that spot and I'll go back to what you were talking about with Rick Bonus. I hated his comment about Mark Shifley well we're moving him there and we did it there with it in consultation with him and he reserves the right to move back and if he doesn't like it we're going to move him back I don't like any of that. I don't like a coach (laughs) kowtowing to a player and saying, if this doesn't work for you, Mark, we're going to tear the team's lines apart to make it work for you again. And I don't like the idea that Mark Scheifele didn't say unequivocally tonight, whatever works for this team and has us responding like that is exactly what we should see. I didn't hear that from him tonight, Ken. I'm wondering specifically in his comments, what you heard.
0: Yeah, I heard a little bit of that stubbornness, that, adam lowry referenced the day earlier you were in the room i was not but i would say that mark that's my question yeah yeah right i mean so um yeah I, I could mark have handled that a little bit better there was a little bit this is what i heard i, I heard some defiance and yeah that's what we've that's yes. what we've come to hear from mark yeah. shafley and blake wheeler there was defiance in his voice no doubt he did couch it by saying way, he's enjoying why, playing why with Dubois and Connor. There, right doesn't. there doesn't. There doesn't. There doesn't need to be that. No, there doesn't. There doesn't. And I, quite, quite frankly, I, I, Mark was almost defiant when I asked him about the puck for Brad Shaw. I, yeah. I knew why he picked it up. I gave him an opportunity, basically, to explain it. And he was very curt with the answer, which was kind of strange in itself don't you think um but yeah i I would say this so the only thing i said this before last week i said it after the last game It, it doesn't matter yes words matter at times and mark is an alternate captain so yes there are times when his voice matters the only thing that matters to the winnipeg jets is how he plays during these last six games seven including tonight so for me if his nose is out of joint because he had to move to the wing, like, too bad. You're 30 years old and you've been in the league for a long time. If, you're, if your team needs you to move to the wing, it's because you haven't played well enough at center. But even the defiance, Sean, Mark took the opening draw of the hockey game at center on a day where his coach talked about moving him to the wing. That's not his... Center is a neutral spot. It's not your strong side. So... Even something as little as that, right? That's Mark being defiant. But if Mark being defiant gets him out of the funk that he was in, whatever, Rick Bonus can live with it. But I I agree with you totally. I I hated that line of, I don't know why it was necessary, but we know it was necessary because Rick went out of his way to say it. It wasn't even part of the question that I asked in the morning. I was asking more about what the changes up front were based on Kuhlman entering for Saku Menilainen. I-, I know I didn't say it by name, but that's where I was kind of going, following up what Rick had just said about the lineup. Uh, the fact that he felt he had to go out of his way, that was almost like a, a, like a... It was almost like... I know Rick tells us he doesn't use the media for messages. That was almost a message for Mark, knowing that Mark would be listening and saying, hey, I, we talked about this, Mark and I. And... If it's not working, he can just tell me we can change it. I don't want Rick Bonas taking that approach in these last six games. He needs to be the one. Does he need Mark on board? Absolutely. But even though the lines of communication must be open, Mark has to be willing to do what's best for the team. And right now, based on the evidence... What's best for the team is for him to play some of his time on the wing. Don't you think? And Doug well, Doroski, I, sorry, I, I, it was not Pionk's fault. Somebody shot it in a shin pad and then Pionk had to chase him down. That wasn't Pionk's fault at all. The so, player on the uh, boards shot that. So I, I'm not going to
1: take a look at this, and I've, I've, given, I've given a lot of reasons why tonight. Like, this to me sure. was uh, was not a very good team yet. Everyone wants to point to the fact that they beat the Carolina Hurricanes the other night. That's fine. Every dog has its day. But this is a team that has been pretty atrocious over its last 20 games comes in here. So I'm not ready to say what happened here tonight. Moving Mark Scheifley is, you know, the linchpin that made this happen. So I could understand Mark being like, let's just see where this goes here. And I am a centerman, you know, because he kept saying it was strange or weird or whatever he kept saying. I forget what the word was that he kept using about playing over there. So I'm not saying that this solves everything. And I don't think we can see that tonight because I don't think that the Detroit Red Wings are a strong enough opponent to figure anything out from what they've done there but to me that doesn't matter to me tonight was a okay well are we on to something here that's the question i have and mark shifley should be able to take a look at this and think are we on to something here if i moved here are we on to something and if we are then why not explore that and why not be open to saying whatever it takes that's what we're going to get there and it's just to me it blows me away that we don't get that, that, that that's not the response, that the response isn't, you know what, we had a good game tonight, that worked. If we can keep doing that going forward, we're going to be a dangerous team. If the next line can keep doing that, we're going to be a dangerous team. And and I hate, I hate the message that came from Rick Bonus with the whole idea of March. And, and I agree with you. I, I think that... Well, put it this way, Ken. I said this to you. You were still traveling. We talked to the Jets after they got back, after Rick Bonus had that conversation with the media, with you and Murata Tesh, post-game, after the Sharks game, where he basically came out and said, you know, if there's certain players on this team who think they're giving it all, they're dreaming. Like, this was him calling out his team. And I'll be honest, Ken, I thought he walked back almost everything that he said in the next availability the very next day. And I have to say, I was a little bit blown away by it. And it looked to me like he'd gotten to a place where he thought, like, I honestly think there was conversations that happened afterwards because for, for Rick Bonus to go from saying, if there's guys on this team who think they're giving us their all and think that they're doing that, they're dreaming. We know that he was talking about the Blake Wheelers, the Mark Shifleys, the so on and so forth, right? Now, If he had that, there had to have been a conversation that happened in behind the scenes here for him to come out the next time and kind of backpedal on everything he said to blame the eye roll on the direction that the question was going and not the subject matter. The subject matter being Mark Shifley. He walked back everything that said there in a press conference where he basically called out a certain number of players. And now he's catering to those players. So behind the scenes, a conversation happened. I am absolutely a hundred percent firm on that or rick bonus took a look at the way that his team was responding and thought to himself you know what they're not responding to me calling them out so i need to get on their side i need to be good buddies this is this is how it goes so i'm going to talk to mark shifley i'm going to say this is what we're going to do but if you're not okay with that we're going to move you back and you know what maybe on this night it worked ken Maybe they'll carry it forward and they'll play the same thing against the New Jersey Devils and maybe they'll destroy the New Jersey Devils and maybe it'll work. And maybe as a coach, this is what he needed to do. But this, and I'm going to move into our next point, this is why I don't like this, Ken. It's time to get into the conversation about Nick Ehlers, Vladi Nemesnikov, and Blake Wheeler. This was a line that we've already seen before yeah, and they worked and they were a great line. And you and I and the chat room joined in and had a conversation about this when I was down in Florida after yep. the Hurricanes game, where I said it would be a crime to break that lineup because they were one of the few things that was really, really going for that team. They had built-in chemistry. Did you see Nick Ewers tonight when I asked him about playing with that line of Vladimir Nemetsnikov? You wanted to see like Nick was a, a bit of a guy who who had a little bit of an edge to him as well. But when you asked that, or sorry, when I asked that question, he lit up. He yeah. loves playing with Vladimir Masnikov. He thinks Blake Wheeler loves playing with Vladimir Nemesnikov. And why not? This was a team that already sorry, a line that already had chemistry and was rocking it earlier on. Well, I asked Rick Bonus afterwards, <laughs> I asked him if that line keeps doing what they do they're doing, how hard is it going to be to break them up? And his response was, Well, they keep playing like that. We're, we're not going to break them up. And I'd said but weren't they playing like this before when you broke them up? And you could tell in that moment he didn't like that. He, he didn't was a bit like annoyed, yeah. He was annoyed. He should be annoyed, Ken, because he just got <laughs> caught in the process of saying, if this line plays good, they're not going to be broken up. When we have evidence of him breaking up that line. And guess what? Who's going to break up that line going forward? If Mark Shifley decides that he doesn't want to be on the wing anymore and Rick Bonus acquiesces and says, well, we'll move you back to center, guess who's going to get knocked off that line? There's nowhere else for it to go. Or he's going to knock Adam Lowry down to the fourth line. And, Dubois can and, go to
0: the wing too, full-time too, I would Okay, say. So would be the other... so,
1: so then we've got a line working tonight, and Pierre-Luc Dubois looked as good as we've seen him for a long time, and we're going to move him. Because he's had a conversation with Mark. The point of this whole thing is, this is why you don't go down that road. This is why you don't say to one player, listen, we're going to try this out. If it doesn't work for you, we'll move you back. Well, moving Mark back means that someone who's working right now is going to get upset. Someone is going to get knocked off their game. Or worse, a line is going to get knocked off their game. We know what Shifley, Ehlers, and Wheeler has looked like. It hasn't looked good. And Nick Ehlers has carried a lot of the blame for that by the looks of it, by the way his ice time has been handled, and by the way he's been moved and juggled around the lineup. Ehlers, Domestikov, Wheeler has worked every single time they've been together. That line should not be broken up, and there should not be any brokered deals with players on the side that says, if you don't want to play wing anymore and go back to center, we'll make that happen. Because these are the kind of lines that get broken up and have been broken up to make those deals happen that shouldn't happen and if it, if those deals do happen that is the kind of thing that is going to have this team fracture and break apart and crash and burn and make the play and miss the playoffs
0: yeah and i want to attack this quickly while we're keeping on that subject and i'll weigh in on Nemestikov in a second here sean one quick one here renee laverne laverney's hang on he says shifley wants to get paid he ain't getting the bag of cash playing the wing I would disagree completely. Anyone who's signing Mark Shifley is not signing him to be a right winger. This actually helps his cause because it shows that he is willing to do what it takes to win and get into the playoffs. So to me, it would only bolster his case to make money a year from now when he becomes an unrestricted free agent. As far as the goes, uh, I was with you. I mean, Ehlers and Nemestikov have obvious chemistry. Ehlers was flying right out of the gate today. Those two guys obviously enjoy playing together. I think Wheeler was very good today. There have been times where he hasn't been as good, but he was great today. And if he keeps that up, he can stay on the wing with that line. My point to you at the time, and is the same today, in that situation, the the trio doesn't necessarily have to stay together. You can put... Insert forward here, whether that's Niederreiter or whoever, Connor or whoever they want to put in that line. But Ehlers and Nemesnikov should be playing together. I'm not going to say permanently, but they should be given a good stretch of leash here. And Sean, you're right. The best hockey Blake Wheeler has played in this 20-game block was on the wing with that line. And the Jets need Wheeler going. We've talked about this. The Jets don't need Wheeler playing 20 minutes, but around 15 is a good number, and he can play well with those with that line. So I'm with you in this case. I'm not saying that line needs to be permanently together, but until they show you they, they don't belong together, leave them together. It's that simple, as Rick Bonus likes to say. It's as simple as that. So whether that's the case or not, who knows? And Niederreiter may need to be bumped back into the top six at some point, whether that's with Scheifele or Dubois or whatever combination. Maybe it's with Nemestikov. But this goes back to the same thing we were talking about in Florida, Sean. Nemestikov should be signed to an extension by the Winnipeg Jets. It doesn't oh, yeah. mean he has to be on the second line, but based on the fact that the Jets' top two centermen could be moving out the door, Nemestikov at least provides a bit of insurance and he's a guy, Ehlers will be left here. Connors will be left here. For Ehlers, why not keep a guy around who he already plays well with? And then with Scheifele, depending on how the trade works out, who knows? I mean, now there's talk about Evgeny Kuznetsov not you know, prob- possibly wanting out in Washington. Now, this is a bigger picture discussion, Sean, but is thats is that two teams looking at each other and saying, hey, you know, will you trade the center that wants to get out and will trade you the center that wants to get out. We've seen that recently when it came to Dubois and Laine. I wonder if that down the road may be something that uh, the Jets and Capitals consider. And the other piece of that pie, Sean, when did Mark Scheifele have his best playoff performance? It was against the Nashville Predators when Peter Laviolette was the head coach of the Nashville Predators. So, Could Peter see a renaissance of sorts for Mark, maybe a two-way game? And for Mark, would he be open to a longer-term extension, given the potential to play alongside a certain player called Alex Ovechkin, who's chasing a a particular record? Now, I don't know, and like I said, I I don't want to... I'm not saying that's imminent or anything of that nature. It's something that piqued my interest on the flight from San Francisco to Calgary, And it's something we may investigate down the road further. Um, And we'll see where it goes. But the lines as constructed today worked pretty well. Morgan Barron, I thought, had another nice game. Kevin Stenland, not his best effort. Carson Kuhlman, did he give the Jets an injection of energy? Yes, he did. Did he get a whole lot accomplished? No, but the fourth line was just fine. We'll see where it goes. Do I think they have to keep that lineup because it's a winning lineup? There can be movement on that fourth line for all six games, Sean, and that won't make a bit of difference to me. Would it make a difference to you? You can no. play Gustafson When he went into the lineup, he played well. I think the Jets would be fine inserting certain players on that fourth, fourth line. But keep those three lines that we saw today together for the foreseeable future. And as folks are pointing out in the chat room, uh, two of the players that have not been really rolling for the Flames – in on the goal, Jonathan Uberdo and Mackenzie Weger gets an assist. Huberdeau gets it, tied with just over three minutes to go.
1: Yes, well, that's you know the interesting part about that is is uh, I mean points are going to matter again. We know that the Winnipeg Jets have uh, uh, the the tiebreaker, so that's an important part there. But I mean, even if the Flames get with a point, it's it's two wins gets them up and over the jets and right. uh, boy oh boy that that's a wednesday night game it's wednesday night oh, hockey Can't wait. pride night as well uh, the jets jets and calgary flames that's going to be a sportsnet game as we do sportsnet uh games <laughs> on wednesday night hockey then saturday hockey night canada and then the following monday and then followed up by two murderers row of games against the minnesota wild and the uh, Colorado Avalanche, you had something you want to say, Ken? I don't want
0: to you know, interrupt the promo, when I know we're live here, and it won't work as well for the podcast, but Sean Burroughs just shot the puck over the glass in the D zone. The Flames now, after tying it, will go to the power play with 2.46 remaining in the contest. Oh,
1: my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> hey, Ken, uh, we should give uh, yep. Sweet Lou a shout-out.
0: That sounds good. Folks, for you folks who have realty needs to be met you can contact our main man Lou Furlan at Royal LePage Dynamic Realty whether you're buying selling curious about what that house on the corner is going for or maybe considering a move to another part of the city you can contact Lou at 204-791-9971 or at the office 204-989-5000 his email is lou at that's l-o-u at dot ca, and his website with all of his listings www.louferland.ca. Lou Ferland, excellent realtor, excellent human being, and excellent supporter of the community, including this podcast for which we are eternally grateful.
1: Love, sweet Lou. I'm just waiting for that moment at the Kenny and <laughs> Renny final party of the year when everyone clears the aisle and Lou does like. Tristan 10 might f- need. Uh, 10 flips Tristan might need to make a, a song. Over.
0: Tristan, we might have to. Oh, we might have to sweet talk Tristan for a song oh, about sweet Lou here. Tristan has done so much (laughs) for us. I don't know that we can ask for more. You're right. You're Uh, right.
1: Man hero. Oh, speaking of Tristan, hey, I know that it's been called for. Let's absolutely get at it. I can't believe it took me this long. I almost forgot about it again. But Pat Rathwell says it. Get that headband on. Time to turn this into a Sean's headband version of the Kenny and Rennie show. Let's absolutely hit it with a little bit of Tristan's music. Here we go. You know, I was trying to impress Frankie and the boys, to be honest with you. I got the matching, the matching headband with the gray suit and the gray headband. I I think I'm putting a little bit extra effort into this, no doubt. Uh, Ken, before we do uh, move on, I also wanted to make sure that we gave a shout out uh, to Cambrian Credit Union, uh, who uh, do such a good job in the community of making sure that they contribute and take part. And, of course, our listeners know that both Ken and I are proud Cambrian members, and we are excited today to talk about their cash-back mortgage. Cambrian Credit Union's cash-back mortgage is back. Get pre-approved for a Cambrian mortgage by May 31st and qualify up to $3,500 cash-back. That's great. Apply, book, and meet online. Visit cambrian.mb.ca. Cash-back for details subject to approval. Conditions apply uh ken uh i'll let you take it somewhere if you want uh before we move on is there anything you wanted to handle i know a lot of people have been making comments i don't know if you wanted to dig deeper into that trade or anything like that but no no uh, that's
0: something we'll deal with in the off season here i okay, didn't mean let- to like drop an atomic bomb into the chat but i like to just to ta- ask you quickly what you thought I-, I thought dylan sandberg was excellent again today um I was talking to someone during the intermission who was just so impressed by the steadiness in his game. It says so much, Sean, and we've been talking about this, and I understand that at times Rick Bonus doesn't think that anyone has gone out and grabbed the sixth spot on the Jets' defense core. The fact that Dylan Sandberg can be asked to play 19 minutes on a night that Josh Morrissey is not available, that has to tell you who has won the job. That's not to say he's automatically in the lineup, but I think, I think the Jets have overthought this at times. I think Samberg has played well enough to be in the lineup as a full-time player. He does so many things well. Yes, of course, there are growing pains, but he was very good in another game today where the Jets really needed him, and I think he should play the last six games unless he has a drop-off that neither one of us are expecting. Um, I, we,
1: we hadn't talked enough about that, but the D tonight without Josh Morrissey, without this team's MVP, what an absolute, absolute, uh, great performance by all of them. And Dylan DeMello, he did a story on hockey night in Canada a little while ago where I talked to Dylan DeMello and he'd said that one of the things that he knew Josh Morrissey was going to try and spike his offense this year. And he thought rather than be like, you know, you're traditional, I'm just going to sit back and cover that guy off and let him go up the ice. He thought, yeah, I have to do that, but I also have to become more offensive as well in my game. Why? Well, if I can take advantage of them overplaying Josh Morrissey all the time and put some pucks into the back of the net and create some offense, then what that means is you know, the players, after getting burnt by that, are going to have to pick their poison. They're going to have to pay a little bit more attention to me, which is going to open up more ice for Josh. I just love the idea that on a night where Josh Morrissey wasn't there, Dylan DeMello is out. Putting a puck in the back of the net with the third liners on there. It's not yep. the ideal situation for a defenseman to score. Dylan DeMello just went out, and rather than having the mindset of, you know, Our offense from the point is not going to be as prolific tonight because Josh Morrissey, our superstar, is not here. Instead, they went out and did a good job of covering off that offense. That's the mindset I think that you have to have as a player and as a defender uh, in a situation like that. Because, you know, if you're going to sit there and allow yourself to be beaten with the idea that your best player is out of the lineup and you're not going to be able to generate. Well, if you go out and say, no, 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 it's an opportunity for the rest of us to step up and pick up and generate what he would have had he have been here. I love that idea. And I love that Dylan DeMello did that. Absolutely, absolutely great job by him on that part, uh, on that point.
0: Yeah, and for a guy who's known as a defensive defenseman, to add that club to his bag was very important, and he's done an excellent job. He's quietly put together a very solid offensive season to go with the heavy minutes he plays on the top pairing, often against the other team's best line. And Yeah, I I couldn't agree more.
1: Yeah, I got to say, I'm glad BA Split finally put up something that I could agree with. He was uh, batting over for me tonight. <laughs> is that a so rough game so far? Saying, yes. Him saying why hasn't Vladdy latched onto a team? Guys, a player I couldn't agree with. It. But that's not going to be our home field comment of the night. And of course, it is time for us to shine a spotlight on the comments and choose a standout for the home field dig deeper award. I've got it going tonight to T. Mackey, who says the Jets took their frustration out on a bad team and that's a good thing. I think this is the point here tonight. There's only so much you can do, and if the Winnipeg Jets are playing a bad team, I know people are thinking I'm being the fun police when I'm trying to point out the obvious that Detroit didn't have their best game, aren't the best team. We're rocking a third string goaltender who's 31 years old and just cutting his teeth in the NHL. I say all that, but T Mackey makes the point here. That's an important one that you play the team that you play and the Jets played it right. They played close to the Rick bonus blueprint and they beat down on this team and they used it as an opportunity to get a lot of silent guns firing again tonight. This is exactly how the Jets needed to handle this game. And that's exactly what T Mackey is pointing out. And because of that, T. Mackey has the winning comment tonight. And just like T. Mackey, Homefield is always going to dig deeper to find the best marketing solutions for your company. Find out how at myhomefield.ca. Ken, anything else you have to say before we shut this down?
0: no i think that will pretty much cover it uh, been a fun week overall and uh, you know i would think a lot of jets fans feel the jets should have taken their frustrations out on a, a near the bottom team in the san jose sharks on tuesday but they can't they can't get those lost points back all they can do is take care of business with what is in front of them so far during the next uh, you know week and change here 10 days I uh, said this with Hustler earlier today Sean I think we're going to have a very good idea of whether or not the Jets are going to be a playoff team by next Saturday night by the time that oh, game ends me. with the Nashville Predators Wednesday
1: not, is just huge Wednesday is absolutely huge Yeah Wednesday and I Saturday
0: mean, those are two games where the Jets I don't know what the number magic number for them is whether they need to win 4 or 5 out of 7 but they would we've talked a lot this week about controlling their own destiny if they don't control their own destiny against Calgary and or Nashville, then things are dicey based on who they end the season with. And I'm not talking about those San Jose Sharks that will roll in here on Monday. I'm talking about the games Tuesday against the Minnesota Wild, who happened to be 3-0 and against the Jets, and the game on Thursday against a Colorado Avalanche team that has been downright excellent. And Sean, Kale McCarr. Don't look now, but he has re-entered the Norris Trophy discussion. He's been fantastic. The number of points he's put up and the impact he's had on the game since his return uh, has him back in the discussion, certainly for the top five. And I think, honestly, he could finish as a finalist before this is over. And with a strong finish, he could be pushing for that number one spot, which for me right now is a two-horse race with, josh morrissey and eric carlson so well
1: i i don't i don't
0: think that he's got a shot i don't at think winning. he'll win I'll it unless that. this last seven game. If suddenly colorado finishes in first and he is having the impact that i think he had something like 19 points in nine games if he has 15 points in the last six games and the avalanche get first in the western conference i i don't know that it's that far of a stretch sean He's, I think, four yeah. or five points only behind Morrissey right now, and he missed 15 games or so.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, Josh Morrissey has 69 points. Cale McCarr has 66 points. Kale right. McCarr has played 59 games. Josh Morrissey has played 73. Like, it's not close. Josh Morrissey's got a .95 points uh, per game uh, uh, number, and Kale McCarr has 1.12, the only person ahead of him. Uh, In that number is uh, Eric Carlson, who's scoring at a 1.21 points per game clip. Now, the tricky part about this, I think, like, to me, it comes down to this idea, and people know my feelings on Eric Carlson in this situation. Like, the fact that they've basically shut down trying to win hockey games in San Jose just to try and get him over 100 points, to me, makes that, like, that stinks. That number stinks, if you ask me. If they get over that, it's like Brian Leach didn't score 102 points or whatever it was the last time it was done in 93 or 91, whatever it was. He didn't do that just playing on a team that was trying to feed him the puck or, or making the ridiculous passes that we saw Eric Carlson do the other night. Like Eric Carlson is existing in an artificial situation right now where he's making plays no defenseman in their right mind would ever play and a coach be happy with unless there was absolutely nothing at stake. Kale McCarr is closing in on his points per game, and yes, he hasn't played as full of a season, Kyle McCarr is still a defensively sound defenseman. So, the, to me, the, the, the whole idea of the Josh Morrissey versus Eric Carlson debate, my vote would go to Morrissey because Morrissey is doing what he's doing, is scoring at opportune times of the game, is in, you know, it has been a big part of allowing a team to at least right now be in the playoffs. And he's great defensively as well. Uh, Eric Carlson, the fact that he's not trying to play defense and actively kind of submarining their own defense, I think makes that stink. And that should be taken into consideration. Oh, it's definitely. But let's be let's be honest here. Kale McCarr, if he loses to Josh Morrissey, you know, as much as I think Josh Morris is the MVP and as much as I say a lot of nice things about Josh Morrissey, if Josh Morrissey wins. The uh, the defenseman of the year over Kale McCarr. The only reason he's doing it is because he had more games. In. It's it's as simple as that. Uh, because if you t- take every other quantifiable measure, Kale McCarr is probably ahead of him in that uh, in that debate. Um, Quick one, I, I, sorry. Hey, like-
0: Calgary has won the game in overtime. Tyler Toffoli with the game winner. The Flames will remain two points behind the Jets, or they will return to being two points behind the Jets uh, going into the weekend action here. Uh, after that big goal, the Canucks had a chance at one end to Foley, buries it at the other to continue what has wow. been just a dynamite season for Tyler to Foley. Uh, massive win for the Flames. Keeping Wednesday things tight. it's just going to be tight. huge. Wednesday we is just
1: going to be absolutely huge. May um, hey, I just wanted to say a quick look at my uh, Twitter account, and I noticed there's some people already throwing a request in for tickets. Keep Same for my that. email, you buddy. know what to do. Same thing. Okay, so if you want in, make sure you reserve a spot. That's the that's the sure way to make sure that you're in the room with us, and we want to have as many people there as possible uh to celebrate with us uh so that's the same thing again uh, uh end of the year party at knr it is going to be a banger and let's be honest 20 bucks for all you can eat pizza and two drinks that is a steal of a deal you are basically paying yourself to go down there and do that never mind getting to hang out with us and i wanted to make sure everyone knew out there for people like t corner poly i know there's a lot of people out there who are concerned uh, Rob Somerville is another one who came to one of yep. our events. Uh, th- there's a little bit of accessibility issues when we're up in that room. No accessibility issues. It's on the ground floor. So, Rob, we'd love to see you down there. t Kona Pauly, you better be down there. We want to meet you. And, and uh, uh, James Anderson, uh, we want to see you down there as well. There's a lot of people out there we would love to meet with. Um, so giving that uh, uh, shout-out one final time before we shut down the show here. Thank you, everybody. Can you rock the chat room. You were all over it, as you always are. We cannot wait to do this again on Sunday. Huge, huge game against the New Jersey Devils. One with them coming off back-to-backs. It's one you'd think the Jets probably have to take advantage of here in this situation. Either way, the next couple games on Kenny and Rennie are going to be absolutely lit. Ken, I'm glad to go along with you. Uh, on the ride with that and the chat room as well. You're the best. We'll talk to you after the game on Sunday.
0: The Kenny and Rennie Show is brought to you by Homefield, Cambrian Credit Union, Lou Ferlin, Trans Canada Brewing, Vittorio Rossi, and Johnston Group.